This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another season of Driven by Data, the podcast, powered by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. So here we are, season three of Driven by Data, the podcast. I'm delighted that you've decided to tune in and rejoin us. We've got some absolutely fantastic content coming your way. So all that's left to say is sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. In order for your organization to make the best possible business decisions and to make the most of your data, you need the very best people. And that's where Orbition Group comes in. We have a proven track record in partnering with some of the largest brands in the world to the most innovative and disruptive startups and everything in between. We go beyond traditional recruitment services. The organizations which we partner with benefit from the added extras that we offer, such as raising your organization's brand awareness to the data and analytics community, providing you with insights into the current market and your competition, benchmarking you against the industry to give you the best chance to successfully attract the best talent. We want to become an extension of your business to identify, engage, attract and retain the best talent possible. If this sounds of interest, please reach out today by visiting orbitiongroup.com. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season three. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Tiankai Feng, who is a data governance leader and data musician, and um, up until quite recently, the head of data, uh, data governance product at Adidas. So, Tiankai, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, that was that was a mouthful trying to get all of that out at once. Um, <laughs> I have many titles and many roles, but I enjoy all of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so where we always start, Tiankai, is by asking our guests to give themselves a brief introduction into their background and, I guess, journey up until this point. And yours has been very interesting. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing it. Absolutely. Um, so I um, worked in data all my career so far. Um, that is now 10 and a little bit more years ago. Um, I started in the area of marketing analytics, really looking into web analytics, paid media analytics, uh, social media analytics, these kind of things, and then evolved into more experiences within BI and generally the area of analytics. Um, up until beginning of last year, I then finally made a switch and I basically switched from the analytics side to the governance side of things. And that was basically also given the higher interest I had from looking into not only how to use the data, but also how the data appears and how to make the data better. And um, I took over that um, product data governance lead um, in Adidas here, and that has been a journey so far. I think the amount that I've been learning now in the governance journey, even if it hasn't been that long yet, has been really steep and it's a really strong learning curve of understanding all the data management things that are behind the scenes almost uh, that you don't usually see if you're just an analyst and use data that is somewhere. Um, so yeah, seeing both sides really has uh, been very enlightening for me. Yeah, very good. I can imagine a, just a different way of thinking about things, right? Which, uh, you know, I, I'd imagine from working on one side of the spectrum to then being behind that lens looking at okay right now i understand why maybe there were some 
you know, cross wires over the years. Just talk me through the benefits of moving out of the analytics space into the data governance space. And I guess, you know, how your earlier career in the analytics space helped you to shape the way you operated in the data governance space. Absolutely. I do think that um, having been a heavy data user myself right before, directly equipped me with this use case um, thinking, meaning that if data is being governed and is being made available, then it's being used for a reason, right? And imagining that uh, being an analyst is not the only way where data is being used, and there are many other departments with many other people that are probably using data for different reasons, that became like both the most exciting part of data governance, but also the most difficult part of data governance of balancing that versus the intended purpose of data versus the actual purpose of data, right? And seeing how it is. So I think the the main um, benefit there was to bring in that mindset into data governance and to not only focus on how data is being created and is being processed, but also how it's being used. And having have always having that data lifecycle view of things really helped me, I think, to get into data governance much quicker and to understand what happens at each stage and how we can make data better. Yeah, that's really interesting because there's a, a phrase that I really like when we talk about data analytics, especially from a product perspective, right, where where we kind of say um, technically right, but effectively wrong, right? And I imagine, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you work in one of those teams, you know, data governance and data management, and it's, you know, often frameworks and policies and stuff like that, like technically the way we manage our data, that is correct, right? But from the other side of the fence, how it gets used once it arrives there can is often very different right so having the the kind of foresight and the knowledge around well actually the way we use data is not quite like that or it wouldn't be quite like that etc that must be a, a really kind of fascinating and but very beneficial absolutely and i think uh the the really something that i like to say just to cause controversy is to say <laughs> that data quality is really subjective and usually people are really thrown off by that. What do you mean? If data is wrong, it's wrong, right? But what I'm trying to say is everybody has a different reference of what is correct towards data. And it goes beyond just having it complete or not complete. It goes if it's usable for your purpose or not. And as long as no, you don't have a common agreement of everybody saying this is how the data is meeting all of our requirements, every complaint about data quality is very much your own opinion about it and not everybody else's. And we have to really go beyond that, right? And this is why a lot of it is also related to collaboration and communication to really make sure that we are letting everybody know that we have to agree together first before we can say something is wrong or right, mm. especially when it comes to data. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that makes uh, makes perfect sense. So um, obviously, like many other people, Tienkai, in the data analytics world, um, I was made aware of you via one of your numerous um, fantastic LinkedIn videos where you were um, singing and playing an instrument of, of, of some kind. So evidently you're a, a creative person by nature. Uh, I guess, where does that come from? Is that kind of a natural gift or an interest or is it something that you kind of worked at? Uh, I do think that being creative has been from very young, me at a very young age already being interested in it. So I did already uh, start, even in elementary school, I think I started writing my very first song, which was very basic, by the way, but I did write <laughs> it just to make fun of the classes we had to take. I remember that part. And then I started like uh, creating these kind of talk show videos in high school, for example, with like other high school students to talk about the fun things that are happening at school and these kind of things. 
And my music journey too started when I was five, when my father back then put me into music and piano school because it was his dream um, and it never got fulfilled. So I had to do it, but I only enjoyed making music and playing piano and singing after I was 10, knowing that I could actually do different things with music than only playing the Mozarts and Beethovens of the world. And I kind of started bringing these worlds together and I started writing songs when I was 15. Uh, during my study years, I was a bar pianist and uh, basically earned my rent uh, during that time uh, performing. Huh? Um, and then it kind of, after I started working in data, it became kind of a background thing for me and a hobby. And it wasn't until 2020 or so where I actually thought of bringing it together. And the reason for it, I think, really came from a um, place of urgency and frustration, actually, because I realized that a lot of people were misunderstanding how data works and how data analytics works. And that data analytics should not just be a service function, but should have a seat at the table because there's real business and thought leadership behind it. And I thought the best way to probably make it relatable is using a rap anthem and just really laughing about it. And <laughs> I've did. never rapped before, by the way. So it was for me even got out of my comfort zone. But it was supposed to be like a joke slash call to action internally. But it worked externally very well, too, that many people in the data community really felt represented and felt something really cool being there. And that gave me so much encouragement and so much motivation that I just kept spinning on my creativity on how to communicate around data. And it keeps on working, so I'm very happy about that. And I'm really happy that I'm also making people that were not interested in data now being interested in data because of how the way I've communicated. And that's really, I think, maybe the best compliment that I can get if, if I can make non-data people turn into data people. <laughs> In the end, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, look, obviously, there's so much kind of passion and enthusiasm kind of oozing from you as you talk about this stuff. So, it's <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and that and that helps, right? That 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 gets you a very, very long way. And, and there's a lot to unpack in there. I, I guess really keen to kind of take you back to that point where you thought about how do I merge my kind of creativity from from kind of you know my earlier years into the world of of data. You, you mentioned you know it came from a place a place of frustration um was there a specific kind of point in time or an event or you know what was it that made you decide actually there might be a way for you know me to do things a little bit outside of the box here um i mean it was basically one of these yearly planning meetings where it became evident that certain things in analytics are not really being prioritized and because it's a year planning for the upcoming year it was also right before the christmas break and people started going on leave which meant I had a little bit of free space too. And let's say the, the space to breathe and be creative, right? And um, I don't know, I actually cannot really explain it what the moment was, but it was that kind of spark of creativity where I thought, um, what can rally up a data people all behind something while at the same time can give others that are misunderstanding data a call to action and a better understanding? And for some reason, I was probably listening to some Eminem or some other rap. I was thinking maybe that could be a way. I've never tried it, but why not give it a try? And I think that the mindset that I always kept is if I have never done something, why not try it out first? And this is usually my direction to take. And this is what helps me in being creative too, right? And not everything works that I'm being creative on, but the parts that do work, I'm really uh, happy about. And um, in this particular case, it worked again. So very mm. cool. So you talked there about, you know, it's um, it kind of worked to, you know, kind of appease what you were trying to hope it would appease internally, but also externally. Just talk us through that journey of 
what that actually looked like in terms of so it was the the original was the wrap right yeah. and that's what you okay so uh, just talk us through how you facilitated that internally oh well facilitating it to be honest i did, worked on it very secretly and then just surprised all colleagues with a song that it wasn't really workshopped or anything so i basically right. went into my own home amateur studio recorded some stuff practiced some things really uh, fine-tuned it and then i just surprised everyone in the next week look guys i created an analytics rap, rap song check it out and then people were really mind blown. Nobody expected it to come at all, right? It wasn't really um, anticipated or um, teased up front. So I just really surprised everyone. Um, I do think, though, that the element of surprise does work in my favor in that case. Because, um, as also the, the title of the um, episode probably indicates, people don't expect data people to be creative, right? And especially they don't expect data people to come up with music songs all of a sudden. And just to talk about and sing about the data part itself. So in that moment where it was rap, it was catchy probably. It was just using a lot of pop culture analogies. It was just something that people didn't expect and that caught their attention. And they probably have never been as attentive to like something coming from the data team as before, <laughs> as listening to this song for the very first time. <laughs> And this is what I'm using then, right? Because you need to, you get that attention all of a sudden, then you might, you better make it worth it and not only make it fun, but make it insightful too. And I mean, a lot of people changed their minds and changed their perception around analytics and the collaboration went in a very different way afterwards too. So I, I can say also that for business and day to day, it definitely helped. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, the part of the facilitation then you go to your home studio, you create something, you get it out to, to, to the business. Who gets that? Everybody? Is this is the the, the C-suite board leaders getting that? Or is it kind of, you know, I'm just trying to get a gauge of how you decided, okay, <laughs> who sees this at what time is the right time for them to see it, et cetera? <laughs> wow, it's a, it's a very good question. I mean, I would say there was the internal chat channels that we have inside the team. I put it there and then colleagues started sharing it with their stakeholders, right? Uh, okay. So Word of mouth thing. The other side was it to post it on the intranet internally. So really just everybody who is in the intranet could probably see it. I didn't tag any specific people. So it's not like everybody specifically was addressed. It was just check it out, whoever has time. And the thing is, the more people that see it and are amazed by it, they're going to, again, spread the word of mouth to their colleagues. And have you seen this kind of element to it? Yeah. And that helped with the reach too. Uh, I don't know if it reached to sea level, to be honest, um, at that point. That happened a little bit later after me being more and more this way. <laughs> but um, I think it did definitely raise some um, like middle management, senior middle management kind of awareness. Um, the people that anyway were the ones working with us more operationally. So that definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's, uh, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So, so fascinating. So you touched upon there about, you know, how, you know, data people, typically aren't probably uh, renowned for their kind of creative skills and the element of surprise worked in in your favor there um i guess does does that then for a lot of people in a lot of organizations kind of is that conflicting is that does that make kind of data and creativity a bit of a paradox to to one another well, I do think that because data by nature sounds very structural, very yes or no, very wrong or right, that there's not freedom or not any gray areas. And that means it's not being creative. But I do think that people who are working in data know that it's not that simple, right? Uh, even if we talk about structures and the values and every, everything, 
it's not really that black and white. So that also means that there's always ways of doing it differently. And when I talk about being creative, working on data, it doesn't mean that you have to write songs every day now and all of a sudden sing about it like me, but it's more about the mindset that things can be done differently. And that applies to everything, right? That applies to how you write an algorithm and maybe there's a different way of doing it. Maybe you just haven't considered everything yet. How to communicate the work that you've been working on and what how you communicate the impact around it. How you collaborate with your stakeholders. Maybe you move away from this one-on-ones into more workshops and to really get to the goal or things. Or also in the end, um, like maybe a different technology. Maybe you tried completely the opposite of what you thought was the right technology for um, working with the data. Maybe do it completely differently and try it out there. Um, I usually go for this one quote by Picasso saying the uh, enemy of creativity is common sense, which means sometimes it doesn't feel like it's going to be surely a good thing or it's going to be successful. So if you have that mindset of trying something new and it might fail, then at least you already gave it a try and go in a different direction than before. But sticking to a routine and just doing things over and over again in the same way is not, in my point of view, making anyone happy. And the key is to be creative and allowing yourself to be creative to change it. Mm. I mean, it's it's ironic, right? Because as we all know, often the thing that um, holds back data analytics initiatives is that kind of change and transformation piece, right? And kind of thinking right. about things differently and how do we how do we shift mindsets and how do we shift cultures and, and things like that. So by very nature when you're trying to tackle a change management problem and you come at it from literally <laughs> changing how you communicate Absolutely. with that audience to begin with it's almost kind of like setting the precedent that hey look you know we're willing to kind of do things differently our side um in hope that that kind of inspires and, and, and motivates people to think like oh actually you know this is a place where um we can think differently it is okay um and create almost like that that, that safe space right Absolutely. And I do think also that um, when you talk about culture, it's a really good point because um, allowing yourself to be creative is one thing, but people should allow each other to be creative too and not shoot down any ideas and saying either we have done that, it didn't work, or you say, oh, we don't, we're not trying anything new, we're just going to continue as is. But that is never helpful, right? Because then you just slowly but steadily make it a culture of just doing what you're told and not thinking on your own anymore. So in that way, it empowers basically data professionals to just think on their own and to create the culture that we all want. And that then nurtures change again, because everybody feels they have control over the change and it's not just forced upon them. Mm, Yeah. What are the kind of similarities and differences with kind of being creative and the creative subjects that people might study? And, And I guess it's interesting, right? Because you get a lot of data people have come from maybe some more arts related backgrounds right you know geography is a massive example of of, of right. that right uh, where you get a lot of data people come through a geography kind of field of of study and then they work in data so what are the, the kind of similarities and, and differences there do you think i do think that even if you break down art and let's say um a painting right um the number of colors that exist in the world let's say are pretty finite like there's only as much as the human eye can see right and there's probably only as many brushes and only as many backgrounds of paper that you can use to draw. But whatever comes out of it in the end is still art because it's unique on their own. And data is not that different, I feel like. So you have a limited amount of data points. Usually you have a given structure, you have a different amount of users, but what you make of it, how you use it, how you 
talk about it, how you narrate it, it's still up to you. And that can make any kind of data work still a work of art, right? So in that way, it's. I think, again, it's all about mindset because no matter what you do, even if a lot of things are predefined, combining all of them and giving it your own spin of what you think is right and baking it something that you have control over can make yourself feel like an artist too and not just being a data uh, engineer or like a data governance professional, for example. Um, and also, I feel like when it comes to arts and data, let's say now the music as an example, you can either make music alone or you can make music as a band, right? Same it is for being an individual data worker or like teamwork, um, right? And um, in a band, when you make music, it's a lot about listening to each other and then playing accordingly and not just doing your own thing and not ignoring everything else. Um, and that makes the combination of it all sound good. Same, I would say, is all the different data roles that you have and actually them working together and not just everybody doing their own thing. And in the end, it sounds horrible or like it, it probably works horrible uh, on the data side if nothing matches each other. So even on a, just making it together, um, making art together, making data work together, there's also, I think, a strong parallel there. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I guess to bring it back to your journey then of kind of merging creativity with the day-to-day -day work that you do within data and analytics, right. what what have been, are there any kind of tangible benefits that you can kind of, you know, talk us through a, a high level in terms of, you know, the benefits of being creative in, the, in, in your day-to-day -day job through the music and, and, and what have you, you know, are there any kind of use cases where this seemed to work better than others or, you know, what, what the result was from that, et cetera? Absolutely. Um, I do think, for example, in data governance now, especially you have, um, everybody talks about how important it is to communicate the value of data governance, right? But I think what people underestimate is if you as a data governance team are the only ones talking about the value of data governance, then it just feels like you're bragging about yourself all the time. And it doesn't feel as authentic, right? I'm data governance and I do a great job. This is all the value I create. Please listen to me. Um, and basically there was a switch in my head where I thought, okay, um, you talking yourself about what down data governance is important might work, but even better works if somebody else talks about it. And if you have an advocate or an ambassador for data um, governance that sits in the business and not in the data team, and that might work even better. And to make it a little bit better working this way, we basically started uh, creating that talk show. Um, and like we call it the talk show with like 10 minute pre-recorded videos where it was a data governance team member and a business stakeholder together talking about something they worked on together and how good it was to have data governance involved. Plus, the business stakeholder could provide more business context and actually also quantify even the impact maybe of the data governance work afterwards. And that worked really well. It went so well that even stakeholders wanted to be in the videos because they wanted to share about the good work that we're doing because for many of them, it was hard to talk about it anyway internally already. So why not do it as a teamwork cross-functionally? And this is where, again, it doesn't sound reasonable or in the right way to do an internal talk show about data governance. But if you have the right purpose and you know what you're trying to fix with it, then it might work. And in that particular case, again, it worked. And many of the collaborations went in a better direction afterwards. And at least for those interactions where that what happened for the first time, there was already an ice broken, so to say, because you knew already yet somebody watched that video and watched the talk show. So they know already roughly in what direction it's going, for example. Mm, yeah. I mean, I've said this numerous times on this podcast, but if I think about some of the organizations that have have had real success with data analytics, you know, the, the organizations that can sit there and said, you know, yes, we've kind of contributed towards X amount of millions of pounds, dollars, 
euros, whatever the case may be, um, all of them invariably talk around the importance of their kind of having a communications strategy, probably a budget assigned to that, uh, a whole PR piece. So effectively, you kind of started the train here for almost like an unofficial data comms and, and PR piece, right? Th- theoretically, right? That, that's kind of, it's the same, it's ex- exactly the same concept, right? Absolutely. Yeah, very good point. I love the that there are dedicated roles and budgets now towards this kind of element to it, because for a long time, it felt like it's something on the side, right? Like, let's do all of this, but also on the side, let's communicate around data a bit more. But that never works, right? Because you you cannot really focus on everything at once. So you need a little bit more focus on it. Um, so I'm glad the the direction is changing a little bit towards the better now. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think, um, you know, everyone talks around the importance of communication, but they do so quite flippantly. Like, you know, yeah, it's important to communicate. And of course it is. But as we know, it's possibly the biggest contributing factor to helping change right you know to kind of communicate and collaborate so like any other business challenge it probably should have a strategy and maybe a budget assigned to it and for it to become its own official thing that supports the the wider you know data analytics initiative to support the overarching business strategy right which is uh which is really interesting so what i'm keen to do tenkai is to make sure that anyone listening today kind of walks away with a bit of an idea around you know because look i don't think anyone either of us are expecting people to start you know rapping or or singing um (laughs) (laughs) it would be nice yeah it would be nice um but obviously you know by their very nature data people can be sometimes a little bit more introverted and and this probably puts the the fear of god into many people thinking oh you know where do we where do we start with this but often they will know what the benefits could be and they know that will make them better at their job and their business better because of it etc so if you had to pick you know one or two areas where you think it's been most effective for you where would you advise people to focus their attention in terms of what they can do as a kind of you know jumping off point so to speak yeah it's a, it's a really good point i think um for, for me the one or two areas it would definitely be one is again the stakeholder advocacy that i mentioned before as um, trying to shift the focus from not only us talking about ourselves, but others actually vouching for us and spreading the good word of mouth that is just more authentic and actually leads to a better perception. And the other one I think is also related, but the whole leadership sponsorship, right? Because um, data governance can only be successful if you have somebody in the C-level or multiple people in the C-level actually seeing the value in it and being already advocates of it before. And again, that is all based on communication. There's the element of having to make them more data literate more many times and understanding how data governance works, which is hard enough. But to then keep the transparency of letting them see the progress in it and um, also what the value is, because it doesn't mean immediate monetary added value, but maybe it's more of an efficiencies that internally happened or the smoother processes, business processes that happened as well to really make that happen. Um, so in both sides, I would say being creative and being especially tailored and individualized in the way how you do it for specific audiences is really key there. I would say then as advice for everybody else listening, right? That again, creativity usually comes from a place of high dissatisfaction and urgency. And this is where you finally see, okay, something needs to change. What can we change? 
And so if you look into your day-to-day -day of what frustrates you the most and which part you hate the most about your job right now, start there. Because this is where you have the highest motivation already to be creative and do things differently, right? So if you are really hate certain routine stuff that you have to do over and over again, it's highly manual, then maybe think about how to automate it, right? There's technologies there. There's many accessible solutions there that can help you automate certain things. Give it a try, maybe, right? At least give it a day. Try something automatable. Maybe it saves already in the future 50% of your time doing it. If you're really unhappy with a certain stakeholder interaction because it's always very negative energy and a lot of resistance, then think from the other side, right? What actually causes them to be that way? What are their motivations? How could you change the way you communicate to that specific stakeholder and maybe build up the trust in a different way? But either way, right? Start there where it hurts the most. And this is how you can probably get more creative. And you will more and more go into that mode of practicing creativity too. And then you will be creative in other areas too. But that's mm. where I would start. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, because um, obviously, as as is widely discussed and debated, data, data governance probably isn't the sexiest topic across the data analytics yeah. spectrum, right? Um, it has certainly had its own resurgence over the last 18 or so months often in my opinion fueled by the fact that you know many businesses jump feet first feet first into a big ml or ai project and then realized oh hang on there's all of the the quality yeah. and management pieces that probably weren't in place where they needed to be and that's why we've not achieved what we were hoping to through that project so it's kind of had its resurgence almost forced upon us in that sense right um and even you know here many stories still how you know boards etc still aren't bought into data governance as a concept they just they understand the importance but trying to piece all that together can be can be difficult but do you think that kind of you know the creativity around making a rap about data governance do you think that kind of elevated the topic more broadly across the organization and kind of made it less you know dull than it might be kind of perceived to be uh, absolutely. I think, I mean, if we go to one line of the song, which is actually how it all originated, um, I use the line, if data is the force, then we're the Jedi Council. And I basically try to use Star Wars as a reference, which I know is universally popular, right? And um, the, exactly this is how it also worked, because then people, even if they haven't heard the whole song or weren't paying as much attention to the whole song, the one thing they remember is something about Jedis and about Force and uh, <laughs> basically being a council of things and overseeing how it flows, right? And this is already a big learning. At least that is the right perception of data governance, not being the police, but actually being an overseeing function that wants what's best for this top thing called data, right? And um, I think that it did change the way and uh, everything else that I tried to do, like the talk or we tried to uh, run a whole campaign around data ownership because it was so hard for people to commit to it. So we called them data heroes and made like a small superhero story of how you want to be a data owner and become a data superhero yourself, for example, and these kind of things. Mm. We could switch it up, right? And just change the narrative around all these scary things and data governance and make them more fun and approachable. Um, so I, I do think it worked. Um, I've heard a few times that it was only because of me that data governance was only even put on the map within the organization and that people knew about that function, what it actually does, which doesn't happen a lot. So that is already a great, I think, a compliment again for that, for the communication and being creative and data governance working.
yeah absolutely well the, the the proof is in the pudding as they say right you know so it's um yeah you know you, you've proven there that by thinking differently being a little bit creative in how you kind of communicate your message and your narrative can you know elevate you up high fairly quickly um keen to try and finish on just to tease out of your turn kai how people can you know try and channel their inner creativity because often as we've talked about previously you know data people maybe aren't necessarily known for or you know renowned for for being the most naturally creative type of people but what do you think stops people from being creative do you think it it's fear is it fear of being judged what 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 do you you know what do you think stops people from doing it and and what advice would you give them to to kind of you know let let loose so to speak yeah, I do think uh, it's a very good point about fear because I think there's a fear of being judged, but also the fear of failure uh, connected to it, right? Because if you do something and everybody tells you this is not good and this is really bad, that then you might not do it ever again. But the thing is that my experience within data is if you're actually trying to be creative, many times it's actually not being um, talked bad about it. Actually, it's very much encouraged and very much appreciated that you're trying something new because it's so rarely seen. So in that sense, um, I think it starts with mindset. So again, allow yourself to be creative and don't be afraid of the failure because to be honest, what's the worst that can happen? I always say, right? So you just don't do it anymore. And then at least you tried, right? But why not give it a try? Um, because you haven't done it anyway before, then if you need to revert back to the old ways, then just do it. But it's fine if you try it. And the other side I would is I would say is that maybe starting to be creative in your job feels a bit scary because your whole profession depends on it, right? And if you try to change things, maybe you kind of put an instability in your job. But you can be creative in your personal life too, right? If you've ever been interested in reading more, then maybe try writing. If you were ever excited about music, Maybe you just tried writing some lyrics and see if song lyrics work out. Um, if you're always about doing sports, maybe you change up the sports and do something else and do something differently. But you can be creative in your personal life just to at least unlock that uh, skill that you have and change your mindset to try something new. And then over time, you might get more comfortable applying it to your job as well. And once you're there and you actually do it, then... I hope that it's not going to be as bad as you think it is. And then you can be more and more creative. Yeah. I think it's like anything, right? It's um, it's like I have the conversation with people all the time around trying to elevate their personal brand. And, you know, LinkedIn is a platform where people can write content. But, you know, that is typically a similar type of story where people are like, oh, I, you know, I don't like posting content. I'm putting myself out there. I feel vulnerable. Right. And once they do it, okay this isn't actually so bad and they get better and better and they post more and more and they see you start seeing the benefits etc it's exactly the same exactly the same uh concept right which is uh yeah which is interesting um so what's what's next for you then tankai obviously a few number one hits on the uh on the data playlist on the data playlist yeah absolutely um well i i I will try to be more creative going forward as well. I will not stop with um, making data more fun, either with music or other things. And I will continue spreading the good word, I would say, right? And career-wise, I realized for myself that I'm really passionate about the people side of data, right? So which really is about collaboration, communication, and creativity. And that's something that I will try to aim for no matter what comes next and really drive that aspect because only through 
the people side of things, if you get that one right, then you can actually drive change and then drive value with data. So I'm going to keep on that focus on that area. And yeah, let's see where it goes. Nice. Well, TNK, look, thank you very much for your time. We've got um, a a very special treat coming up for the listeners um, who are going to hear your, uh, your 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 favorite song um, right after this. Um, but look, we thank you for your time and, and for joining us on the show today. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing how the rest of your creative journey unfolds. Thank you very much. Yo, did you ever wonder what data governance is all about? Well, listen up. D-A-T-A, let us have me live by In a world that's digital, we chose the data life Enterprise-wise, the data flows left and right We are the ones who keep it all in our sight Rules, policies, principles, guidelines Not the most sexy, but better than the stop signs Working the segue between business and tech One foot in each world, all data in check Data quality, day, data quality No day goes by without this terminology We know end-to-end how data works best We set up the rules and the business does the rest Governance of data, defect terminators Good data comes first and the rest will follow later We know what is right, so let's make the data flow We're role models of excellence, let's govern it, let's go Still not clear what data governance means Here are some analogies to make you understand If data is the force, then we're the Jedi Council Using it well, that's one of our main goals in a world full of humans We'd be in the embassy working on solutions We're running marathons where the data flows Governing holistically in every column, every row We're not the police, but we are data Sherpas With our help, there's no hurdle that you can't pass We might be nerds, but just the good kind We can do great things even more than these rhymes Governance of data Some governance buzzwords People, process, projects and tools Automation starts with business rules Data models, solution designs A data catalog helps us to simplify Master, reference and metadata Overviews are good but governance is greater System updates and new integrations Will design solutions with standing ovations Governance is cool, you got that right In the name of data, hands up and high five Governance of data That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, 
like and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week. Bye.